with Manning and Mo. There's Nick Manning, adult film superstar, ABN Hall of Famer, dropping loads extraordinaire, and Nick fucking Manning, at Real Nick Manning on Fancentro, on OnlyFans, on ManyVids, and on JustForDotFans.com is where you can see all of, well, some of Nick's stuff. And then, of course, uh, when we reach 50,000 followers, then you'll release all of that wonderful content of you dropping loads all over bitches' faces. Right, Nick? Uh, how did you like my rendition of the front page of the website yesterday? Your what? I said, how did you like my rendition oh, yeah. <laughs> of the right. front? Uh, that, was, that was about as artistic as I can get. But Yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. Not bad. You're like a you're like a Da Vinci over there. It wasn't bad. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> but eventually there'll be realnickmanning.com. Right. And then all hell is gonna break loose, my man. Dude, dude when this shit look at those, look at those fucking guns, man. Dude, when this <laughs> shit goes down, like I know people don't like you know, we're being vague on certain shit, man, but when this stuff goes down, man, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it really is. I, I got to tell you, people are excited. I'm getting uh, a, a ton of messages on your Twitter, which we need to talk about that. My little uh, prank on Janine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we got to talk about that. But um, people are, are, are tweeting, like uh, following you, but then they're like, um, are you getting back in the business? What's going on? Like now people are, are starting to get intrigued and everything else because, you know, like we keep posting this shit and we keep uh, adding certain things. Like we added new stuff today on all of those uh, uh, fan sites as well. So you can check that out. You can either subscribe, buy a vid or a picture, or you can subscribe to the actual website. Everyone um, kind of does it differently. But um, like I said, there's there's been plenty of people have been messaging me and like, uh, you know, what's, what's going on? You get back in the business, you know, quoting you and all sorts of crazy shit. So, well, it's funny that people are like, are you getting back in the business? I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there because I have not been a, I call the adult business, the track. Like, <laughs> right. It's just like being uh, a hooker on the street. You're on the track. Well, right. in the grand scheme of things, I was only on the track for a very short period of time until it became the Nick Manning business, <laughs> right? There it's like uh, whatever else was going on in adult really wasn't the Nick Manning business. We had our own thing going on and we continue to have our own thing going on. And pretty much the last several years, I've still been in the Nick Manning business. It's just been a matter of uh, we've been compiling some things, completing some things, letting some contracts expire and the end game and the end goal was to incubate the next iteration of the Nick Manning business and uh, be a free agent. Right. And that's exactly. the position we're in now. And 
two things really prompted, uh, I guess, us to accelerate, possibly. Um, one was when you contacted me and said, let's do a podcast. Well, that's a natural that, you know, we can talk about the things we're doing and not really need any other outside form of publicity. You know me, I'm a control freak. I like to control (laughs) everything. Right. Uh, And the other was, uh, ironically, COVID. Because uh, let's just say there haven't been no productions, but there's been much less. Uh, There's not as many things to watch. 2021 and 2022 are going to, I mean, all these things are, there's a lag. So uh, there's going to be less and less stuff that is available in these next couple of years. So the Nick Manning portal where we put out all my adult and adult related content that's already in the can, plus any new things that I shoot, including mainstream things, instead of watching them on Netflix, you'll just watch them on the Nick Manning portal. Uh, for all those reasons, it's kind of like the synchronicity makes it uh, almost uh, negligent if we didn't do it. (laughs) You know, the, the way you put words together, Nick, yes, I agree. It would be negligent if we didn't do it. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Uh, So speaking of COVID, well, a couple of things. Number one, coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so, as you see behind me, uh, Michelle James is going to be on the show, adult film uh, superstar. And this, uh, Nick, I got to tell you something. This interview today is going to be about me a little bit. Because as I told you the other day, it was wild when I called Michelle. She grew up, believe it or not, in the same area where I was doing morning radio. So as I'm talking to her on the phone, she goes, your voice sounds really familiar. And we're talking a little more. And she goes, are, are you Mo? Like that Mo? And uh, I, I, so we start talking, where are you from or whatever? And here she used to listen to me all the time. So today I think like she's going to be starstruck talking to me. And I have, a, I have a proposition. Listen to this. I have a proposition for her on because she still does OnlyFans and many vids and shit like that. I have a great scene that I want to film with her. Because I think that I'm kind of the I'm the cool radio guy to her, which is pretty fucking awesome. Being the cool radio guy to the hot fucking porn star, you know well, what I mean? And when people ask me about you, I go, <laughs> "This is how I describe you," and I hope it's doing you justice. Because oh, you know, besides being my friend, I also have a lot of respect for you professionally. Well, right? thank you. Right? Uh, because. Our relationship started out professionally and developed into a friendship over the years, right? <laughs> right. So right. when people just ask me about you or other people like you in the business, I always say, look, there's in every local market in the country, there's a Howard Stern of that market. A club, and right. Mo is the Howard Stern <laughs> of his market. Man Cow is the Howard Stern of his market. There's someone in LA, probably on K Rock, who's the right. Howard Stern of his market. And 
I only know these people because I've been on their shows as a guest for the most part, my whole career. Right. Uh, and uh, you and I got a more personal relationship to the point where I would come out and host your radio show with you for a period of time every so often. And so it's nice that you're my partner because I'm comfortable with you. Well, you know, and that's what like a bunch of people who listen to the show. Uh, and, and, and you know what's cool? And I, it's not a lot, but the fact that people are when, when they're posting on your Facebook page or not your Facebook, but your Twitter and things like that, they're talking about the show and they listen to it. You, we, you're, you know, I'm, I'll be a fan for life and I like what you guys are doing and I like what you're talking about, you know, and things like that. So people are, are digging, you know, that aspect of it. But people who listen to it, just like friends of mine or whatever, they're like, you guys just sound like bros fucking talking about shit. Like, I'll be honest with you. Our last episode, like as we were doing it, I'm like, man, we were fucking kind of dog and chicks a little bit. You know what I mean? And it, it was funny because I talked to you afterwards and you were talking about it. And Tylo was there with you. And then you heard Tylo kind of in the background and she didn't really appreciate what we were talking about or whatever. You could kind of tell. And But you know what it was? It, it was two fucking dudes just talking about shit is what it was. And that's what people dig. That's what people like about what we do or whatever, because you can tell it's not phony. It's not bullshit, man. It's just you and I getting on here and just talking about shit going on. That's what we you do. Know, you know, the hardest thing for me in life is that I don't really have an agenda when I'm talking to someone. So whatever their situation, people like to tell me what their issues are. And right. because I have a lot of education. I've got a lot of experience. Uh, just a wealth of uh, diversity in my life that causes me to either not know anything about something and then I keep my mouth shut or, but the things I know about, I'm an expert. Right. Right. And, and I don't bullshit people like, I'm like, oh, I know about it. Like, I don't fucking know anything about it. I'll tell you. I like, <laughs> right. I'm not uh, embarrassed by what I don't know because I'm very comfortable with the things I do know. And then what they really want from me, instead of me telling them the truth about a matter, is they want me to pacify them. Well, yeah, that's what everybody right. wants. That's, and it's that's like, why dude, we're dealing with I don't You don't know... <laughs> Forget it. Nick, that, that, well, you know what? That's why we're dealing with this fucking cancel culture bullshit or whatever. That's why we're dealing with this because we're living in a world with a bunch of fucking pussies. There are a bunch of fucking pussies. We, they've been, people have been talking about this for a decade. You know, like people think that this all just cancel culture just came about. Like it just happened. It has been a slow process. For example, when they stopped keeping score in T-ball games. Going back 12 years ago. Now, people didn't understand then that at a young age, you got to teach people what it's like to lose. So they hate that feeling and they strive to win. Because if everybody's the same, what's your motivation for getting better? Well, I mean, okay. Lou Holtz said the coolest thing I ever heard. And they asked him. Lou, how do you motivate your players? 
And he said, I don't motivate my players. I recruit motivated players. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Exactly. So, and like anytime I'm starting something new, what happens is people are like, okay, I'll have certain needs because I either don't have that expertise or I decided a long time ago, I really don't enjoy being Nick Manning, the businessman. I'll be it to a point to structure us and get us started and get us inertia. But at some point, I expect you to take this over and let me go about being Nick Manning, the porn star, the actor, the model. And because if you had the triple crown winning racehorse, would you sit him behind the desk or would you right. put him on the fucking racetrack? <laughs> Exactly. So, like, that's where I'm always trying to get back to is like, hey, you have your expertise. You're good at this. Yeah, I am an excellent businessman and I know things, but I, I'm i a better porn star. You're so, a damn good porn star, Nick. Right. So at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, I understand the value of my brand. And what I want in that case, getting back to Lou Hull's point, is I want partners. I don't want employees because you think I want to get up every day and have to fucking manage you, right? It's like, no, I want you to have a real stake in this, a real opportunity to build generational wealth for yourself. And dude, I want you coming to me to motivate me. Not me standing there with the cattle prod <laughs> right. uh, trying to, get you to do something you don't either believe in, you don't want to do. Like, not, in, not on my agenda, dude. If you want that, then go work at fucking uh, Walmart corporate. Where, yeah, well, that, right? Because then, what's your job? Your job is to not get fired. Right? That does not register with me because whatever I'm doing, you think I'm worried about getting fired? I'm trying to innovate whatever I'm doing. And let's, it always goes back for me to the drop and loads thing because that's where it all kind of clicked. Uh, when I started doing that, it only started because, you know, in some movies, you got your great directors or it's a script and it's a feature and the director kind of tells you what. Uh, they want, and the one guy who never gets talked about is Otto Bauer. Do you even know who that is? Never heard of him, no. Otto Bauer was Audrey Hollander's husband. Male talent, but he directed for some people. Uh, mostly, I worked for him for Hustler, I think. And what I always appreciated about Otto is, you know, when we were on set and before things would get rolling, he would give me not a lot of information, but a real good picture of what my character was thinking, what his background, and everything that he told me was useful in me developing the character and doing my job and delivering it to his satisfaction. Now, a lot of my gigs i'd go to set and the fucking director all he wanted to do is look at the monitor and say action so right, yeah just go fuck like right? i don't know what you want so then i called that nick manning default 
like in the biopic when Duke right. Mulholland's going, Manning's doing his thing. Uh, 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 <laughs> like that's Nick Manning right. default. Right? Fuck yourself. Like that whole thing. And yeah, at the time, a lot of people were like, what's this fucking guy doing? That's stupid. He's ruining our movies. And now with revisionist history, 20 years later, everybody's like, oh, that's the coolest thing that ever fucking happened. Well, I mean, you know, it's they, like, people are still talking yeah, about it. Now my, and I remember companies that were struggling that used to be like, oh, that's stupid. Then they were like, uh, <laughs> let Manning do whatever he wants. They were writing scripts for me to wear my robe to the scene and to just, they wanted the Nick Manning default. <laughs> so it went from, that's stupid, this guy's ruining our movies to, uh, oh my God, let's, that sells. And distributors would tell me all the time, we don't care about the, ne- the uh, they don't care about the next blah, 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 beautiful movie from this director. All they want to know is when's the next drop and loads coming out. Well, yeah. Because I mean, what's, I mean, my stuff greased the skids for everyone. It was demanded <laughs> by the stores and by the cable companies and by the hotel hospitality companies around the world. And if you're a distributor, do you want to sell something that you got to force it down their throat, like pulling fucking teeth? Or do you want them like, uh, when's that one put us on automatic order for all of those that ever come out uh, infinitely? And and again, Nick, I want to uh, reiterate to everybody that I was the first person to ever recognize this in the media to have you on the radio. Like you always talk about Stearns in every market or whatever, and there are. But I accidentally came across it and then came across another one and was so fucking excited. I said, I got to get a hold of this guy and uh, and get him on the air because I, I yeah. knew back then. It's like, and I, you know what I've always said about my, my myself, the narcissist that I am, I think about myself a lot. <laughs> and, but it's like, I, it's, I feel like, you know, people have said it forever. You're the voice of reason, the voice of everybody, the voice of the common guy, the, you know, whatever. And, and and that's what I am. So even like me recognizing that out of the porn, I knew instantly it was fucking hilarious. I didn't know how many you did, who you were, if whatever, because I didn't see your name at the time, but I, I knew instantaneously, this, this is fucking great. This is the funniest fucking porn, or, or really not even porn, one of the funniest fucking things I ever saw in my entire life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I recognized that. And it was so, to me, like I said, it was so cool that... You know, listen, Howard Stern has done everything in radio. He's done everything. Everybody knows that. Anybody who says that they weren't influenced by Howard is is nuts. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. That was like the third market Howard Stern was ever at. You know, But that was one point where I could say I did something before Howard Stern did. I had Nick Manning on for years before Howard had him on. And I thought that was pretty – just in my head, that was pretty fucking cool. Well, and the truth of the matter is, like, Howard, he always had that for years, dropping loads all over mainstream media was how they started off their show, right? Right, yeah. And, like, you sought me out, did research, looked for me in the credits forever. (laughs) Oh, I did, I I did. Told other people when you found, like, you were really uh, excited about what was going on, and... The truth of the matter is, Howard may never have known about me, except for the fact 
that Richard Christie, right? Like he was a Manning Nation member, and he was like, like you, like right. looking for my shit and <laughs> laughing about it and thinking it was awesome. And he, they had that thing on his show, which was like, oh, the craziest things in a porn movie, and they had like. Aurora Snow sucking dick, making those duck noises, and Rich. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all. But nothing's like this. And then right. they were, the next thing you know, went from that to they're making all those songs. <laughs> it just oh, no, exactly, kind of got a life of its own. And that's why when people are like, they want to critique or criticize or whatever, it's like. I mean, not to call myself a genius by any stretch of the imagination, but you always look back and you say the things that really had the most staying power and the, were the coolest and uh, I guess had the biggest impact were the things that everyone was casting aspersions at in the beginning. And well, later yeah, exactly. on, uh, I guess the proof was in the pudding and it's like, <laughs> no, uh, like, do you know who Charles Dara is? I uh, know he's a male talent and I, he sent me a tweet one time that he'd sent out on his feed prior and he was like Nick Manning is the goat somebody convinced me otherwise <laughs> right and, I mean that's the kind of stuff where it's like yeah I kind of knew where it was headed and then I saw it developing and I guess my experience and education allowed me to extrapolate that out and figure out how to capitalize off my brand. And I think yeah. that was the way that if anything, if anyone learns anything from me, um, the structure and the process and the method to my madness uh, can be duplicated under certain circumstances. And uh, anytime anybody has a different idea, I'm like, well, that could work. And I'm not saying it won't, but I know what my business is. And I'm just look, I'm, I'm not looking to, uh, I don't have anything. What, what's the word they use? I don't have anything proprietary. Yeah, right. There you go. I just do what I do and people keep consuming it. Whether well, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Movies gigs or products no well that's that's what it is everything you touch there's certain people in this world again and it, you, it's like any it's like michael jordan it's like any great athlete you have you know everybody in the nba is a great athlete all right then you had the kobe bryant's or, or the michael jordan's or whatever that had something called the it factor there's the, there's an it factor that people have and, you know, a clutch gene, a hit, you know, an it factor, whatever you have, for some reason, it's the it factor with things where, you know, it, it's everything you've accomplished in life. You know, people don't know you're before porn stuff where you were, you know, working on Wall Street. You, you know, your, your work ethic was insane. You were a model. You were an actor. I mean, you, you, you've done eight million different things and you've been successful at pretty much everything you've done so it's like why would anybody even question see that's my mentality when it comes to even working with you or whatever it's like why wouldn't i everything nick touches turns to gold and i'm hoping your 
amazing it factor will somehow rub off on my just bad luck, bad bad luck with everything in my fucking life. So maybe I'll get a portion uh, of that. How does the how stern of his market say that he's had bad luck? I mean, you're because just- I listen. Uh, hey, Howard Stern makes five hundred million dollars a year. All right. He's a little more successful than I am. All right? I now, I'm not I mean, saying I won't get the there. Thing too, and you mentioned Wall Street. I, I ain't stupid. Okay. And I think I said this the other day to someone on the phone. Uh, what I do is I mitigate risk. And the way I mitigate risk is, say you bought a stock at $5 and it went to 50 and you sat there being like, I think it's going to go to 56 well, I always say you never get hurt taking a profit. So a lot of times I would just get a business started, say it was a production company. We'd shoot some stuff. We might have released some of it. And about the time that we were going to move to like the next phase of the organization, somebody wanted to acquire us at a multiple. and. My partners and I decided you don't get hurt taking a profit. We right. we let them, you know. Sometimes these were bigger companies that had a better uh, pipeline or network than I did because, like, I don't have the kind of infrastructure Playboy or Penthouse or Hustler has, right? So I would recognize it's like, yeah, uh, we probably could make more money at this down the line and what, but again, I'm not really that interested in getting up every day and having to run a business and go to the office and see my sales reps. The more I can uh, build and let someone else more qualified than me or us take it over at a multiple, I'm down to keep doing that. And I'll have three or four different companies, ideas, projects, products running at a time because like in a portfolio of stocks, bonds, uh, commodities, uh, futures, anything you're dealing with, uh, everything has its own timing, shelf life. And I don't really try to control that that just falls into place on its own and if we sell at 50 rather than 56 you don't hear me bitching about it five years later well no because i mean i agree you make a profit if if it's there you make a profit you do it i mean i'm not much of a risk taker the thing goes to four thousand. right uh i'm not looking to squeeze out all the money i'm looking for me and my partners to make a respectable living and that's all I want. That's it. And going back to what I was talking about, even about, you know, the um, about our show and what we talk about and going back to the, 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 the cancel culture type shit or whatever that I was talking about. It's like that's why that, that, that's why podcasts and everything else are, are doing what they're doing. I was having it's funny because Michelle James is going to be on in a minute, but I was having the conversation with her. And she was kind of asking about the radio, you know, thing or whatever. And I said, right now, like I haven't uh, other than doing a sports talk show. You know, I haven't done a show where I talked about everything going on in the world, you know, and I said, I don't even think I would last right now because of any you can't say anything 
anymore. And and this goes back to what started all that or what whatever. And it's it started with the the the, the kid not keeping score. They're not being a definitive winner and a loser. So then when you get into the real world, you don't know like somebody hurts your feelings and you don't know how to take it because you weren't bullied a little bit in school. Now I'm not saying bullying is right and when people get the shit kicked out of them or whatever, but you know what? Sometimes a little bit of bullying ain't ain't, ain't that fucking everything in moderation ain't that fucking bad because it gets you ready for the real world. Because let me tell you, when you get in the fucking world, there's no anti-bullying uh, rules. There, there, there's none of that that's going on. Your boss is going to call you a fucking retard sometimes, and you're going to have to fucking take it. And if you don't fucking take it. Then, then you're a pussy and somebody else is going to take it. Take your fucking, fucking... Take it. Take it. Yeah. My fucking Nick Manning face. Yeah. Take it, you fucking whore. Coming all over your fucking glasses. Filthy. <laughs> Nasty. Help. Oh, my abs are breaking. Just fucking use it. That was my... Uh... Dude, that's what I, I put on your Twitter. I go... Uh... I go, your homework for this weekend, I said, is when you're, when you're banging, I said, turn to the girl and go, uh, just fucking use it. Oh, <laughs> so speaking of Twitter, get back yeah. to your story about Janine before we have Michelle I know. on. Uh, yeah, Michelle's actually, I see her right now, and I'm dying to get to her. I'll get to her in a, in a quick second. I, I can see her. I just haven't had her enter the room yet. Yeah, so, yeah, she's, she, she's waving, but she's down there. Hi, Michelle. I'll talk to you in just a second. Very, oh, dude, she's shaking her boobs, man. We got we to gotta get out of here uh, right now, dude. Uh, just all right, so, this, Michelle. Just let him finish. Yeah, so, yeah, she'll shake her boobs again in a second. I don't know if she's topless or not, but that'd be awesome. But anyway, um, so I, t- I tweet for you sometimes, and... I saw Janine posted something, and it said, um, favorite 70s uh, t- t- TV series or whatever, you know? And I was in a funny mood. I-, I don't know what it was. And the first thing that popped in my head was um, Mork and Mindy. Don't ask me why. I mean, I love Mork and Mindy. I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. And that whole show is just improvised. I thought, you know, Robin Williams is a genius. So I wrote, uh, just for the fuck of it, I write, I go, Mork from Ork. Dot, or I go, uh, Mork and Mindy dot, 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 dropping loads all over Orc. <laughs> like that, right? And just tweeted it. Within like five seconds, Janine actually replied back to you. She goes, dude, <laughs> with like a question mark and exclamation points or whatever. So I, I just, I wrote back. I go, what? I go, I'm a huge fan of Robin Williams or, you know, whatever the fuck I, I, I said. It was kind of funny. But I, I, I was laughing because. She thought it was you, and then everybody else was commenting on it, too. And then some other dude wrote, and he goes, you know what his name was? His name was, what was his name? Jackson? Some stupid name. Jackson? I think it was Jexel. I think it was Jaxel. Who who names their kid Jaxel? So the guy's name's Jaxel, and he he goes, dude, uncalled for. And I I go, all I did is I, I wrote back, I go, Whatever you say there, Jackson, <laughs> is, what, is what I wrote back to him. Because <laughs> he was trying to be one of those dudes where, oh, you disrespected Janine. He's a fucking douchebag. This fucking guy. All right, look at to Michelle. I see her right here. Let's get her. Hi. There's, look at, oh, oh, look at that. Nick, what do you think about the lovely Michelle James? <laughs> uh, incredible. Welcome. Yeah, dude. Thanks. I appreciate that. 
Uh, Michelle James is, of course, um, adult film uh, superstar, but not really in the business right now. But when you have your OnlyFans and your many vids and everything else. Uh, so very quickly before we get started with the interview, kind of shake your boobs again, please, because we missed that. Everybody else missed that. Uh, look at those. Oh, well, God bless you. The, the best thing about this is you're very low in the frame. I'm like a right. middle of frame. <laughs> Michelle's head is up like a giraffe, but that's so we can see your tits. Exactly, it's perfect. It doesn't. It, it's like it doesn't get on so you can see them. Oh, <laughs> good Lord Almighty! Uh, big fan of uh, Michelle. So before we get, um, it's funny. I, I could see the numbers on Periscope to my left, and, and as soon as Michelle came on, they just jumped huge with the because uh, she was shaking her moves. But. Um, <laughs> So just uh, your only just promote whatever you want to promote uh, right now at the beginning. We do it at the end too. Like what 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 do you have going on right now where people can see you? Um, I suggest everyone just go to my Twitter because all my links are on there. Uh, Michelle James MB. All right, so let's just go to your Twitter and, and everything's on there. But it's, it's only yep. fans and many bits and everything else that you're on. I I, I started off the show with Nick telling him that I kind of I was like watching. I, oh, yeah, I'm kind of the superstar. Uh, I mean, it, 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 dude, it was so wild, man. And I get to these weird things sometimes. But I'm envisioning as I'm talking to Michelle, she's like, you know, I went to school listening to your morning show, and I'm sitting here thinking like I've done terrible things to myself watching Michelle James videos. I mean, I've, I've done horrible things to myself. Like, I've used my body. It's a terrible thing. And as she's telling me that, I kind of feel like a pervert then, because I'm like, I'm jerking off to a chick who used to listen to me when she was in, when she, when she was in like, fucking school, so I kind of feel like a pervert. <laughs> as I'm kind of thinking about this in my head, it was, it was kind of wild, actually, uh, to think about. And I didn't mention where you're from or whatever, but I, like, you, you listen to my show like all the time. You said you and your mom listen to it like crazy, right? Yeah, like five days a week, she would uh, take me to school in the morning, and that's what we would listen to on the way to school. And, and, and what, you used what, to do the phone taps, right? It was a phone taps. Or like the fake phone calls, is that like? Yeah, oh yeah, we did that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we used to listen to that and crack the fuck up. Like I'd be rolling. <laughs> did so, Michelle? Do you remember when Mo used to do the Nick Manning pickup lines? I don't remember that now. <laughs> we used to we we used to do these things, Michelle, where Nick would call the show and we would do a pickup line, and I, like I had to explain Nick who kind of who you were to Michelle. Because, you know, you've been in the business for a long time. You haven't been in the business for like seven years. And then Michelle was just recently in it. But as soon as I mentioned drop and load, she's like, oh, that's the guy I know who that is. Of course, <laughs> you know, whatever. But we, Nick used to call the show and come up with these fucking crazy pickup lines or whatever. And people would have to go out and say them, you know, to try to pick up a chick or whatever. Like one of them was walk up to a girl and go, like, what would you do, Michelle, if, if you were walking at a bar and some dude walked up to you and he goes, hey, how'd you like your eyes pasted shut? <laughs> I would probably call the cops. Not lie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> if I said you have to be you like, be "Hey, like, baby, your place oh, or mine." Nick, that would probably you're so get me. dreamy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're so dreamy. <laughs> and then what was the other one? Uh, I, I want. I want your smell. <laughs> uh, they would depend on what the dude would look like. If he was sexy, then probably. But so if if it was Nick, Mo, who, Mo used to have. Oh, go ahead. Tell her how the guy got slapped. Well, yes, a, a dude did get slapped. But, but I Wait, think you had, they it. actually did it? Well, yeah, people would call in and say... Modern day Hunter Moore or what? 
Don't, exactly. People would call in and, and talk about the reaction that they got or if it worked or if whatever. And one dude got – but I think he got slapped by – I think he said it to a guy. I think he was a gay dude. If I got the story right, he said it to another oh guy. My God. And the, then the other guy was like, he was like, I'm so offended, and just slapped <laughs> right, right across the face. And I, and I think it was the "How'd you like your eyes pasted shut?" one. I think it's what it was. <laughs> Sounds very hazardous. Maybe we shouldn't promote that. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, dude, shit got brutal, man. There's no doubt. <laughs> so I, I was I was talking to Michelle the other day, and it was I, I was trying to, to to pinpoint it to because. But you were only in the business for what, I, I, what? Just a little over a year, right, Michelle? Um, kind of depends on how you want to measure it. Like I was doing like many business stuff for like a year or two, and then I did mainstream. But like I would only travel out to LA or Miami for like two weeks at a time, and then I'd fly back home and like chill for a little bit. Like I wasn't ever actively like living in LA or Miami. So I don't know. Per- actively performing, I would say probably like two years maybe okay and when i was uh, talking to you i said well you know people have a question on and you know uh, people had asked about you and things like that and you kind of said that that's kind of wild you know being out of the business for a minute as, as you've been out of it that people are, are really really interested and i, I try to figure that out because there's so many girls in the in the business you know like what makes certain girls just really kind of stand out you know, and I think what it is, and I have this kind of taste with, with like, you're the perfect taste for me when it comes to an attractive woman, no matter what or whatever, you know, you really are. But, uh, but I think that you look, and this isn't, I, I, I wanted, I was saying this in my head because I don't want it to sound insulting because it's not whatever, but you, but you, you look like you're, you're the girl next door is what it is. You really are, the, you have such, you have natural beauty. You don't really overdo yourself with like over like people say overcompensate or whatever. You are you're a natural, beautiful girl, and it's kind of weird in my head. But I look at it, and I'm like, that's the kind of girl that maybe under the right circumstances I could get. You know what I mean? <laughs> just kind of think because you just because of your look and because of whatever you just seem like a cool kind of whatever person. Like, has anybody ever told you that, or is that how you would describe yourself, or maybe your fans describe you? Um, I think that's fair. Uh, always because like I try to carry myself like that. I never try to be like the stuck up. I'm too good for everyone type of bitch. Like if you're cool, I'm going to be cool. And I think it's just the way that I carry myself. Like I love to interact with fans. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be this like model porn star, like ignorant to people or like only want you for your money. Like I'll be cool with anyone for any reason. So uh-huh. I don't know if that's like an attractive factor. And that's why people still like search me this heavy to this day, even though I haven't been doing mainstream. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't really tell you, but from my perspective, I think that's what it is. Was it like an instantaneous thing when you, when you got in the business, like instantaneously, like you became an overnight big deal. Cause you did, you stood out. You were one of the girls that stood out. It was like, this is Michelle James. She's got a new scene. When I saw that there was a new scene or whatever, I was like, fuck yeah. You know, that, that's awesome. You know? So like, was there kind of just an instant kind of boom and you just suddenly had a whole drove of fans? Um, it kind of depends on who you ask. Um, because like personally, I thought like I was doing fair. I think I could have done better. Um, I didn't think I did terrible for only, you know, shooting a handful of scenes 
from start to finish professionally, I've carried myself pretty much amateur. Probably 70% of all my content is amateur. Um, but if you ask like a previous agent of mine, I was an almost a nobody and I was not one of his big girls on his roster and all this stuff, but I don't know. I never tried to like compare myself like that. As long as I was happy with my work and I was still making money and doing the thing, that's kind of how I <laughs> judged it. I don't, I'm not sure why I got like so big so fast. I, I don't know. Hey, Nick, I mean, you, you being in the business as long as you have or whatever, just sitting here talking or, or seeing Michelle or whatever, like, do you kind of see what I see with that? Like, like an instant kind of, do you kind of get it? Well, as, as you guys were discussing this, the thought that came to my head is she has a very uh, humble demeanor that is approachable and her voice is very calming. Right. Like people, when I talk, you know how many times I'm just talking oh, to someone yeah. and I'm from the South side of Chicago and I have this terrible accent and people would be like, Oh, he's being a dick. Listen to his well, tone. Yeah. And it's right. like, that's not my intention at all. I'm just very matter of fact. And sorry, uh, this is how I talk. You should have been in my house growing up as a kid. We were like, if you weren't screaming at each other, uh, it was like, what's going on here? Something's up. Well, I, well, that's what it's been with me my whole life too. Is I got that fucking tone, and everybody thinks I'm being a dick, and I'm like, I'm not. It's not my intention. I'm just. This is the way I fucking talk. No. You know. You know what I started to say? I started to say, if you, if if you don't know where I'm coming from then that's a you problem. That's not a fucking me problem. I'm articulating it. If you can't figure out the context in which I'm saying something, then you got the fucking problem, not me. You know, and I can't, I, I can't deal with it. But you coming from Chicago, <laughs> Nick, and me coming from Cleveland, we both got to have that attitude. So yeah, <laughs> and that's what, what it is. I guess I, I always say, probably as it applies to us, Mo, is we're not vanilla. People either are going to gravitate to us and like our candor and the way we are, or you're going to fucking hate it. Now, well, someone yeah. like Michelle, exactly. she can probably appeal to a much broader section just uh, as a person. Like, she's very congenial. That is a very great compliment. Thank you. I, I don't blow smoke. Everyone knows that. So if I tell you that, that's the truth, and that's really what I assess. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you could just there's some people you could just there's something about them. And I, and I can't explain it. But the first time I saw a, a Michelle James movie, I was like, man, this girl's beautiful. But she's there's just something really appealing, you know, uh, about that, you know. And, uh, and I assume that that's that that's what it is. And that's what rises you. And even like to this day, you haven't been doing it for how long. You're still highly searched and highly looked at and, and, and things like that. I, I did see as you were kind of talking about what some people in the industry thought of you. I, I went back and I was looking at some of your tweets and one of them. And it seemed like it bothered you, I guess. But you, there was something with, with Vixen and Vixen didn't choose you. Is that what it was? And it see, look at her face. You could tell. Look at that smile. <laughs> I'm like instantly bit, like getting red. I feel mad. Just like yeah, she it. Was, And I was I was reading some of the which again I thought was fucking nuts. And listen, the Vixen girls are hot. There's a lot of them are hot. But I'm like, if there's a fucking shoe in for that, it's 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 again Michelle James. And I really I really believe that. So kind of go into that if you don't mind. I see that smile. Like you can't wait to get into it. But <laughs> like like kind of what happened there. And then there was some tweets about it and it, it seemed like it got way the fuck out of hand um i love okay 
full disclosure, I love that I'm not actively a part of the mainstream industry anymore because I don't have to worry about like, oh, you're not going to get booked for the shit you say. I don't give a fuck now. Like, All if right. I have something to say, I'm going to say it. She's not um, on the track. <laughs> right, exactly. Not on the track. I am off the fucking track. <laughs> not on rails, the track. Be real. <laughs> um, but basically, when I first got with like an active um, agent, because like I was with my first ever agent was like a shit show. Um, and then I left them and went with someone else. And I first got with him and he was like, well, give me like a list of companies you want to shoot for. And I give like the typical, like, oh, Reality Kings is cool. Brazzers is cool. Like Mind Geek stuff. They're pretty big. Like that'll get me some like v- like viewers, fans, that kind of stuff, traffic. Um, and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd like to shoot for Vixen. And he's like, okay, like I've had a couple girls shoot for them. Like I'll throw your name in and see what they say. So we sent the email and I'm not going to, give names there but somehow there was some email exchange and it came down to michelle's not fit enough tell her to hit the gym more this kind of shit and at the time like i had went through a real nasty eating disorder because of the industry itself like i came in and i had the big boobs throw them up there (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) but i (laughs) <laughs> I came in and I had big breasts and like as a big breasted girl like you, it's not easy to have the genetics of huge tits and real skinny figure so like if you're gonna have big tits you're gonna have a little bit of a belly and if you can't get one without the other I can't have six-pack abs and not have or like not have triple days at the same time can't do it right right so I, I was comfortable with the way my body looked at the time, but apparently they weren't. So that whole thing happened. I was very disgruntled about it. But when I came into the industry, I came in under the pretense that I was going to stay true to myself. Like I was never going to do anything that anyone else wanted me to do if I didn't want to do it for any amount of money. Like I just wasn't going to do it. Um, so at the time, I wasn't working out and I wasn't going to start working out just because some fucking ignorant person behind a computer sent an email and said she needs to do this no i just i'll shoot with someone else i don't care i'll take my talent elsewhere don't care um so i never shot with vixen but a part of the same blanket company we know we have black and uh tushy well what do you know say michelle james gets booked with tushy but is not good enough to work for the (laughs) same company and vixen but you ended up paying me more like you paid me more to be on tushy like you just ate your fucking words. So you ate your yeah. words and you paid me more. So like who really lost at the end of the day? You did. Like and, and, and my thing blew up. It blew up. Cause that was my first and only anal I ever did in porn. Cause I am not an anal girl. I'll admit that. And I was never going to pretend to like it just because everyone in porn has to do anal. Like I was like, okay, I'll do it to take the paycheck to have it out there to get people to shut the fuck up about me shooting it. Made my money and I never did it again. So they ate their they ate their words because now it's the most viewed scene of mine on theirs because that's the only anal scene I've ever done. So I'll tell you a funny story about the track. <laughs> I was I was a model and an actor in Miami, and they started flying me out to do magazines. And over about a three year period, I mean, I probably shot close to four hundred magazines. I'd come out and do a shitload of them in a week and then go back to South Beach and I'd be doing Disney commercials and print ads in Florida. Like, it was, it was like I had a double life, like a super agent or something, right? So 
eventually the word got out that I was in porn because like I, I was stupid. I was just a gig's a gig. Like I didn't realize like how my career would progress quickly. So once that happened, uh, I started shooting film movies and I shot in my first three years of doing movies full time. I shot a thousand movies, but back in the day or a thousand scenes, but back in the day, you're, I mean, they, they would hold movies in the can forever. They, a lot of them were on film, right? So even though I shot a thousand scenes, I might've had 200 scenes that were out. So still right. no one knew about me. It like took me seven years to be an overnight sensation. But <laughs> right. my point is a few years later, some new guy got in the business and he'd heard that I was doing 300 scenes a year and like set like that as a goal, like uh, some competitive thing. He was going to shoot more than I did. And there were plenty of guys who probably shot more than me, but right. Somehow I got in this dude's radar and I remember like sometime around November, he sends out some press release saying that he's so proud of himself. He just shot his 300 scene and this and that. And that must direct the guy because he was never heard from again. Like it killed him to do what I was doing on just a regular basis. So it's like, right. you got to do what's right for you in the business. You know, you cannot try to do what someone else does. Or, like, that's up to them, man. And I applaud you for making your own choices because, I mean, I very quickly took control of my career. And I remember, like, I, I worked like 30-some days in a row, and I was so freaking exhausted that I said, I didn't know, like, if somebody offered you a gig that you could actually turn it down. I was like, holy fuck, if I don't take this, they'll just never hire me again. Like, they'll get right. pissed or something. And people are like, no, you could take a day off. Like, some, I'm like, okay. So I said, I'm taking a day off. Well, something happened where this girl wouldn't work with anybody else back then without a condom. And the guy she was going to work with didn't get his test, some drama. So they're like, Nick. Uh, this is going to ruin the whole thing if you don't fucking come down here. So I was like, that's my day off. I'll go. And then right. I remember I went there and let's just say it wasn't my best day. And it took like six hours to shoot the fucking scene because I was struggling. And it's like, dude, why did I put myself through this? So, yeah, if you wanted to do favors for every one of your friends or everybody that wanted to book you or everybody that you knew in the business, you'd kill yourself. So uh, my advice to any talent is uh, set your limits and stick to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, it's amazing. It's just amazing too. Like, I don't understand what the standard is when it comes to body. But uh, Michelle, like I said, Michelle James just has that that an amazing body. But you're right. I mean, your 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 breasts are white. What'd you say? They're are they double D or triple D? Your triple boobs. D. Like Edel's cool and it's all right, and I'll watch it, but it's not like anything that I need to see. But it seems like you're saying like you had a bunch of people approaching you asking when you were going to do it and it just seems like anal has become so fucking big in the industry right now it, like it's almost like I, I, like you have to do it am i right 
Um, obviously there's nothing important that you have to do. Just a disclaimer, you don't have to do anything. Um, but it is a very big thing and I believe it has a lot to do with the taboo around it. Um, because typically in a standard heterosexual relationship, like what's a man's biggest achievement is doing anal with his girlfriend, his wife, his whomever. Um, so I think a lot of it is driven from men wanting to know what it looks like, what it's supposed to be. And they're going to, they're going to see it in porn and they can't get it from their wife or girlfriend or whomever, but they're going to go looking for it on Pornhub. So I think that's why it's as big as it is. It's just that taboo that is associated with it. Same thing with like the incest shit. I don't fucking get it, but, um, some type of taboo that goes along with it. That makes it so big. Yeah. there, And you've done some of that too. Like the stepbrother, you know, kind of thing or whatever. That is kind of a, a big deal. And I, I guess I don't always necessarily understand. I understand the taboo and the excitement of a taboo, I guess. But, you know, and I wouldn't say, by the way, at least for me, like, I mean, I wanted to try anal. I think everybody just, I mean, I, I think a female, like, I, I mean, I assume you just wanted to try anal just to try it. I mean, doesn't everybody just want to try something once just to try it? It's, see, my opinion, obviously, having an asshole that men like to fuck. Um, it's like, um, <laughs> it's different. It's a different perspective to me. Like, for me personally, I, the man I'm with now, like, we do it every so often. Uh, like, maybe it's once or twice a month if we're lucky. But it's not as pleasuring to me as vaginal. Um, I never could really get to a point of comfort with doing anal that would ever like felt as good as vaginal. So, but from a man's perspective, it feels good to you because it's a naturally tighter hole constant. Like it doesn't with vaginal, like the more comfortable you get, the more you progress during sex, like it's going to become a little more loose because of stimulation. But with anal sex, it doesn't ever really loosen up. You know, so it's a, a naturally tighter feeling. So I think that's why men are more excited guess, to do it. I guess the question, I, the question I was asking, what I meant was, is like, you, like you said, guy, guys want to try that or whatever. But I'm saying, as as a female, didn't you just want to try it just to try it? Even if you didn't like it or whatever, just one of those things where, like, you know, I I assume that women. And, it, you know, cause I'm a guy, so what the fuck do I know? But I, I assume that women want to try different shit, too. Like, I've always kidded. I said, well, if I was a chick, I'd want to try a black dick, a Chinese dick, a, a, a white dick. <laughs> <laughs> trying all the fucking dicks. <laughs> yeah. As a guy, it's like, I want to fuck a black chick or this chick or this chick or this chick or whatever. I just want to do it just to try it or you know, I just wanted to try anal, I guess, just to try it or, or something like that. So I'm saying, was that ever your men? Is that ever your mentality, or was it your mentality? Like, I, I want to do this. I just want to try it. I want to, you know, whatever. Like things that appeal to you, even in your private. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair assumption. Yeah, I got to that point where, like, I remember the first time I ever did it because, contrary to popular belief, like when I did my anal for Toshi, that was like only ever the second time that I've ever had a dick in my ass. Second in my entire life. Right. So like it was apps and to me personally, like the first guy that I ever did anal with, and this is, I do not like to shame anyone for any reason, but he was like a long skinnier penis. So to me, it wasn't as uncomfortable because it's easier to take length than girth when it comes to doing anal. Um, but when I did it in porn, it was this, it was um, Mick Blue, which does every, he does everyone's anal. He's great, great 
great, great, great talent for doing anal first time. Um, but he was very girthy and had that length to it. Um, so yeah, like when I decided to do it for Tushy, it was more like, let, let's see if I can do it. Like, I am curious to see maybe, um, doing it with someone who does it more professionally and is like known in the industry is a very great talent to do anal with. Like, let's try to see if it would actually work that time. But other than that, like, I don't like wake up every night or every morning thinking like, Oh, I like want to try anal. Like I'll do it. Like my pussy's sore. Like I'll, I'll do it. But like, I don't know. I just don't have like a, me personally, I don't have a drive to do anal. Like maybe some girls do. I can't speak for everyone, but me personally, it was more of a curiosity thing for stuff. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, making the, going into porn, I, I heard an interview with you and I thought it was interesting. You said, you know, you, you were developing breasts and, uh, people automatically kind of assumed that you were kind of promiscuous just because you had big tits, which, oh. I, which, which I thought was kind of odd. I'm like, what are you saying? The, the, like the, the bigger the slut, the bigger the tits. I, I mean, Riley Reed's a pretty big slut and she's got AIDS. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought that was kind of interesting, but then your re reply to that was, uh, well, they think I'm a slut anyway, so I, I might as well go ahead and kind of do this kind of thing like but you you still had to not saying you were slut or you were getting around or you were fucking the whole school or whatever but obviously you, you went into you started doing many vids i assume at 18 years old you know right no. around there it wasn't mm -hmm. 18 but you're still young so I'm, like, 20, I'm 25 but i started i think i was 20 when i started doing any kind of like adult work so, so what I'm saying is, the first time that you do that, you've got and you're going to masturbate on camera, or whatever. You had to have a little bit of a promiscuous side to yourself. Maybe not going around fucking a bunch of people, but getting off on the fact that people are like, uh, what's that band uh, that I've interviewed and I can't even remember the name now, but um, Hailstorm, the band Hailstorm, because I get off on you getting off on me. Was it was it kind of that kind of a thing with you, where that was kind of a turn on? Because I mean, you, you have to have a sexual side of yourself to get into the business and do what you were doing, right? Of course, but I think a lot of it was like the curiosity just to see, um, not to sound pompous, but like attention, validation, you know, like when you're a young adult, like female, like you, and it sounds shallow, but like you seek validation from men, you just do. Um, and I was bullied a lot in high school growing up and I never really had confidence in doing sex work and like on camera film like that, like it gave me a lot of confidence because I was getting a lot of positive feedback about how nice my body was, how pretty I was. And I never saw it from that point of view until I heard it as much as I had heard it. So there, yeah, there is that kind of aspect related to it. The and curiosity. I, and, I, and, I, and with the industry now, and I, and I think it's great that, you know, you guys are like with your only fans or, with your many bids, I mean, you're making the profits just you off of what you're doing. And I, and I, and I think that's great. I, I really do. But, you know, I hear this word a lot where it's like, and I've interviewed, you know, a lot, a lot of girls either in the swinging lifestyle, which I want to talk to you about because, you know, my friends at the body shop uh, mm -hmm. and Canton and, and everything else. But it's, a, it's an empowerment for, for women. Is that kind of how you felt? Because you're talking about you're getting bullied. And I assume then you get into porn, you're like this fucking big deal. Now people, you know, the guys are like, that's, you know, God, they're, they're coming out in droves to be with you or whatever. You got to be like, fuck you. You didn't want me when I was whatever. So, you know, it's got to be a good feeling of a, I always say for somebody to be successful, they got to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, maybe. So is that kind of what you had? Uh, absolutely. Um, at first when I, 
like I first started doing it, first got in the mainstream, obviously there was that time where like everyone found out I was doing it and it was like, fuck, here we go. Like, I'm going to have to hear it from everyone. Like my mom found out, my dad already knew I, I was straight up with my dad because he's like my other half really. Um, so I, I didn't want him to hear it from any, like from anyone except from his daughter. So I told him myself, my mom found out, family found out. And then everyone that I had grown up in the same area with, like the shit talking started, she's gross, blah, blah, blah. We knew this was coming. She's a whore, blah, blah. And then I started getting bigger and bigger. And then I was getting the messages from girls like, oh, I wish I had your confidence. Like, so proud of you, girl. Go do your shit. Um, like, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Like, can you give me a shout out? Like, trying to take that side of it. And then you had the dudes who were like, oh, I, I didn't never knew that you became this porn star. Like, you're so fucking hot. I always thought you were hot. Like, dude, fuck off. Like, no interest. And then you have the dudes like, oh, yeah, like, her and I hung out behind those bleachers, like, high, like freshman year. Like, no, we didn't. Like, no, we didn't. <laughs> Don't make up lies and, like, pretend that you fucked me and knew me because I'm probably going to turn around and tell everyone that I pegged you. Like, if you're going to say, like, oh, yeah, we fucked. Oh, yeah, we fucked, all right. But it was me shoving a dildo in your fucking ass. So, like, watch what you're saying about me. Um, I, Michelle, I still hear I have, it to this day. Like, some, some people are like, you. yeah, you dated this guy. No, I didn't. Like, they just want to use my name and, like, try to have some sort of affiliation to the girl from our high school at the porn star now. So, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I have some advice for you because when it comes to me, it's like the Paul Bunyan tall tales. Like these things are either based in some one iota of fact or they're just completely made up bullshit. And I always say, when it comes to me, a lot of people say a lot of things. And like, always. You, like you need to be discerning like does that sound like legitimate or is that just utter (laughs) (laughs) but i mean are they gonna believe the porn star who like does it professionally they're gonna believe some dude who like still drinks miller lights in his mother's basement not sure not (laughs) sure (laughs) not interested in what you got to think (laughs) going back to school then or whenever people had this perception but but, i mean were you uh, were you promiscuous? Were you kind of like that? Or it was just the misconception because you had uh, just, you know, big boobs. I, it started out as definitely the misconception about having big boobs because like any top or any outfit I wore, like my tits were hanging out. Like I can't control that. I, I grew up very Catholic. So I tried to stay modest, but when you have huge tits hanging off your chest, there's only so much you can wear. So I have like a hoodie and a parka that you're not going to, they're not going to show. Um, and I've always been like so laid back and chill and I hate to sound like the pick me girl. That's like, Oh, I had all male friends because guys are easier to be friends with. But like, I got along with everybody. Like I got along with everyone. I never liked to be in drama. Like I hung out in all types of friend groups. So I always got the stigma like, Oh, she's a fucking whore because she talks to guys and like guys like to talk to her because I'm fucking nice. Like it's not because I was sucking them all off. Like, I just, I like to be nice to people. I like to fit in everywhere. I don't like to have enemies, you know? So when it started off like that, it turned to the point where you get to high school and, like, the sexual promiscuous, like, I don't know the word for it, like, the sexual curiosity starts. And all these guys that I'd already made friendships with, it was like, okay, like, why not do it? Like, if I'm already going to be accused of, like, going to, like, get food after school with this kid that we're fucking, might as well just fuck him. Like, if you're going to assume that I got the body, I'll fucking get the body. Like, 
<laughs> so <laughs> by that time, like by the time I graduated high school, I had, I think I had like 50 bodies and not bodies as in dead ones, like guys that I'd fucked like 50. So right. it, it got to the point where I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be called a slut anyway. I'm, I'm going to at least do slutty things then. Like if you're going to accuse me of doing it, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> You know, I, I got to tell you, hearing this, I'm a, a little upset because you never once thought of calling your favorite radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> you never thought about hitting me up. <laughs> Call the, right, Nick? Call the DJ and be like, hey, man, I like. And that goes to the scene. I want to I shoot a scene with you. I, I was thinking about this. Right? Dude, I was in the video. I want to fuck the DJ. I was the DJ. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> He's like, I had that script one time. Yeah. No, it was uh, Britney Starr. Put released a like a club so like an EDM song, and she did it. It was a big hit. It went on Stern and it was in every club. And uh, she made a video. And it was, the song was "I Want to Fuck the DJ," and in the video, I played the DJ. There you go, man. There, there you, you go. go. So, there you go. There you go. Every chick wants to fuck the DJ. They do, and that's what I found out. He's like, it's back. back. It's amazing. <laughs> Chicks like a fuck the DJ. So the scene, the scene I was thinking, because I want to get into, um, like I said, the body shop and everything, but we could set up at the body shop like this. We'll pretend like we're doing a fake interview. All right. This is like a dream come true for you. Like I'm the guy you listen to, you know, growing up. This is like kind of a fantasy for you, right? I mean, you know, so we're, we're pretending like we're doing the, the interview or whatever. It's a scene. I'll get, you know, G or whatever to take video of it. And then during the interview, we get a little more promiscuous. You put your head underneath the console a little bit. And, you know, it's uh, you get about three or four different camera angles. And I, I feel good that I'm fulfilling your fantasy. Um, <laughs> this has nothing to do with me at all, all right? Not, nothing at all. Strictly community work just for you. I'm getting no benefit. This is not for me. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be willing to take one for the team. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you've made so many fantasies come true that uh, it's only fair that I then make your fantasy. Come true, and you get to make sweet love <laughs> to the guy you used on the radio when you were going to school. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I don't know. Perhaps you're your little schoolgirl Catholic outfit as well. I, as you said, you're. She can you do as soon as she fucking says she's Catholic. I'm like, holy shit, Michelle James in that Catholic outfit. Holy fuck, good god, yep. you're bad dudes at your school. <laughs> you call it? You call it a Catholic outfit? Yeah. Oh, that fucking uniform, <laughs> a private school uniform, uh, a get up <laughs> oh. yeah. going, to, going to school, with no panties on or whatever. Holy shit. Oh, God, that's hot. You know, and that, and one thing I wanted to mention, too, I, don't know if I saw on your Twitter that uh, one of one of the things I loved about you and I love about in general in uh, is, is not only we were talking about the comeback of anal or whatever, but I am into the comeback of the bush. The, the, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, de I'm definitely into that. And I know that kind of started even with, with Danny Daniels was doing it and a few others. And then it's, it's coming. Christian. And I can't tell you the first time I saw you in a movie, because this is my, this is like, if, if you're a 10 out of 10 with me, with things I'm watching this, you know, and I'm like, all right, she's got everything. She's got whatever. And then I'm like, please tell me the bush. That would just be, and she pulls down her panties, Nick and a fucking bush. <laughs> I was, I was ecstatic. So you you had the push going on too, in, 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 which again I think is uh, an amazing thing. But I saw on your Twitter that you actually shaved it the other day, and now you're you're uh, you're shaving down there. 
Uh, it's coming back now slowly, but I tried to go from like the conventional triangle thing to like a little landing strip and I ended up taking too much off the sides and then it had to all come off. So, uh, yeah, I was lost for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, literally like I shouldn't have done this, but (laughs) it happened, but we're recovering. (laughs) Just throw it out. uh, I I like not a huge point. Like, I'm not talking 70s where it's, you know, fucking buckwheat in the leg lock, as they say. But, uh, you know, just a nice, a, a decent-sized bush or whatever, man. I, I love it. I, I think it's fucking fantastic. Well, I do. That's what Mo, you have I, perfect I have, I, a su- it's like perfect. I have a suggestion. Right. Uh, we're in the process, you probably don't know this, of moving our offices uh, from California to Florida. And I'm waiting on a couple pieces of mail, and I'm going to go blaze the trail for us. Uh, but once we're set up in studio um, and we're not doing this podcast long distance, maybe you'd like to come down and uh, be an in-studio guest so Mo's eyes can be like with the hearts, <laughs> like on the emoji. And this happened before. I was shooting a drop and loads movie and Mo wanted me to book Charlie Chase because he was coming to my house. And uh, so we did that. And I think you should be an in-studio guest because I just want to see this guy with his tongue on the desk. (laughs) It would be my pleasure. I would be honored. I would be honored. (laughs) You go and then we could our scene and uh, everything will be fine. Everything will be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, listen, you don't, you don't get to run into this shit very often where the, a porn star, you know, it would listen to you on the radio. It's kind of wild. Uh, uh, so the turntable. Oh, I would do terrible. I got to tell you, I might not be as fantastic looking as Nick over there, but I am fucking fantastic at sex. I am fantastic. <laughs> I am very, very, you know what I'm doing. I've had girls stalk me. Because of that, believe it or not, bro. My, a couple a, a couple months of working out with me, and you're gonna be a chick magnet. Ah, I already am. When, we, when we walk on when we walk onto the beach, they're gonna be hitting you with buckets of pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, Nick, only to get close to you. Trust me, I already know what's gonna happen with me. I'm, I'm a fucking roadie. The chick will be like, you're gonna be the third I'm, wheel. Yeah, it's like fine. I guess I'll blow you just to get the chance for Nick to drop loads all over. So I mean, I already know. Give me one. Give me one year, and you're gonna look like I do in that fitness article. (laughs) If you can sit there and you can make that happen, good for you. For you. I I wanted to talk. um, You know the people who help with the podcast, who I've known for a long time, uh, for the body shop. Um, which is uh, adult, as G always likes to put it, the uh, adult relationship enhancement facility is what he calls it. Like it's just G being funny, but it's a it's, it's a swingers club. So you were kind of getting into, you know, talking about in high school, and you might as well not yeah, Jack you, Shack. Jack, well, yeah, Jack Shack, or something like Jack that. Shack. <laughs> in your best Nick Manning voice, Jack Shack. Jack Shack. Fucking <laughs> Jack Shack. Dude, before you get into the before you get into the story, before you get into the story about the body shop, my neighbor in LA was a single chick. 
when I first moved into Manning Manor. She lived down the hill, and she came up to introduce herself to me and felt compelled to tell me how she used to work at a jack shack. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Interesting. And that's what she called it? Yeah, she called it a jack shack. Oh, Jesus. And, and of course, you ended up banging her, right? I mean, I assume. No. No. No, <laughs> no of course you know not. What? You bang no, I didn't. Right? I wanted no part of this <laughs> craziness. And then it's like, now every time she wants to get laid, she thinks she's going to be walking up the fucking hill to my house? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, you don't want to be fucking your neighbor, dude. No <laughs> way, dude. <laughs> so, so getting into that, and I don't know exactly how that it all happened that you got involved with them or whatever, but are, are you, are you like part of the lifestyle? Are you a um, poly? Are you a swinger? Do you believe in like the monogamy aspect of it? Like, um, of a relationship, I guess, like where, where do you stand at all that? Uh, personally, I believe in everyone does what they're comfortable with and what they want to do. Uh, no judgment here, but personally I am in a strict monogamous relationship right now. I don't do any kind of, Slinging or anything. Now, does that include? Because uh, you're you've done uh, girl scenes as well, so I assume you're bisexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yep. Does that include girls? Like, uh, are you still allowed to bang chicks if you're in a relationship with a guy? Or uh, no, because if you think about it, uh, if the man I'm with is also bisexual, I wouldn't be comfortable with him banging other guys just because they're the same sex. So I would give him the same respect as not to bang other girls just because, like, oh, it's just a girl. It's not penetration like it's still when you're in a monogamous relationship it's still technically cheating so all right and, and that's in your eyes and so so the monogamy and the relationship is it's is it your idea his idea or it was just kind of um a, a mutual thing because it kind of sounds like you even said you'd be jealous so if you if you're with a dude and it's a bisexual relationship and he's blowing some other guy you would be jealous of that absolutely i would feel some type of way um personally like i i'm not against it like i don't mind men being bisexual like i'm actually attracted to bisexual men women like all of it but when it comes to like relationship terms i would absolutely get jealous i would feel some type of way about it but it was a a definitely like a mutual consensus that we were gonna only be committed to each other because it's the safety aspect side of it we like to have uh sex unprotected and i don't want to have to worry about bringing something home to him and vice versa so and rather than like skipping the whole testing thing and all of that. Like it's just easier just to be with him and I as for right now, at least. Yeah. I was just wondering about that. So, I mean, how about then with the body shop, with the interview, uh, like how did that, all that uh, t- like come to fruition? Um, I was actually reached out to by uh, the Pittsburgh current to do an article about sex work. Um, and the journalist who came out to interview me, um, like took a couple questions, like just basic stuff about being in mainstream porn. And like a month after she published it, uh, apparently they had gotten very nice feedback from the article. And she asked me if I was interested in doing a podcast for their paper. Um, so I did sex with Michelle James with them. Um, and then we decided to find local sex workers or local people in the sex industry. And they were one of the people on the list to interview. And that's how I was familiar with them. Have you been to the club? Have you, have you gone there yet to see anything or no? No, no, not yet. It's actually amazing. It's it's an awesome, amazing place. It really is. I, I love the, the Pittsburgh club. It's, it's absolutely awesome. If you're into that or even if you're not in that, 
out and fuck around and have a good time for the night. It's, it's a really awesome place to go. Um, going back to you know the industry or whatever, I guess I'm just kind of curious, but you know, I mean, you know, you you had sex for a long time. You've had sex for a living. You you know have kind of done everything there is to do, as we you know we're, we're, we're kind of saying. I assume you've done about everything you wanted to do. What is your favorite? What what's the best thing about sex to you? Like what what's the most amazing uh, amazing thing about it? What's like what really stands out to you when it comes to sex? Like even a position or an act or just the feeling, I guess, or we could kind of you know, talk about all that, I guess. But I'm just curious. Um, personally, with the relationship that I'm a part of now, my like I never experienced it before that the connection that I share during sex, like, and Nick can probably attest to this, like the sex in porn is sex, but at the end of the day, it's work. Um, and then when you have actual meaningful sex outside of sex work, you miss that connection and chemistry with people. Like you can have chemistry with people on set and I've, I've had those experiences, but when there's not cameras around or when you're not doing things because you're told to, like you're not playing a part and you actually just get to get to know someone's body and they get to know yours, that chemistry, that connection, like it's completely unmatched, completely unmatched. That's my, that is my favorite thing about sex. Right. But you would still like, um, I mean, you'd have real orgasms uh, doing your scenes, right? Like you would, you, you would come, correct? Oh, of course. But there's, there's definitely a separation of, intimacy almost uh obviously it's intimacy because you're fucking but when there's cameras around and when you're cutting constantly and you're playing this part and there's angles that you have to do so you're not getting full penetration like you can still come but it's just not like it's work it's work like you you're given a role and you have to do this and you have to do this position and sometimes positions are uncomfortable and you bounce that all day and it's sweaty and it's hot and you're hungry and you just met your male talent. So it's like, okay, like we're about to fuck, but like, I don't know you like that. And it's weird to know what his body likes and he doesn't know what I like. And you can discuss it beforehand, but if you're not familiar with that person, there is that little bit of awkwardness, you know, when you're starting. So I can imagine, like I, I watch some of these scenes sometimes and I laugh to myself. I'm like, they probably just met. And now he's banging her six ways to fucking Sunday. I'm like, I'm like, you know, and I think about this from a woman's perspective, too, with sex in general. When women have sex, you're vulnerable. Like, women are there, your legs are spread, your ass is up in the air, you're whatever. Like, you've really got to be very comfortable with your body to not only have sex with one person, but have sex the way you did, where millions, I mean, millions of people have seen you fuck. Millions. <laughs> so I can only imagine. It's got to take a remarkable confidence level on, on your part, right? I mean, you got to have confidence. Um, yeah, of course. Like, you have to be confident because you know it's going to be on the internet. But in the moment, like, it's you and your talent, and then you'll have, like, a cameraman and a sound guy and maybe, like, another, like, set PA or whomever. So, like, at the time, and most of the time, like, you're shooting for companies repeatedly, or you're, and especially with the male talent pool, girls are more likely to shoot with the same guy over and over so like you get to know your male talent with men it's a revolving door like you're the amount of times you're probably going to fuck the same women twice is 
pretty slim to none because there's so many girls coming in and out every day. Like there's a new girl turning 18 wanting to do porn every day. Um, so it's on that aspect for men. Yeah, I could see it, but with women, obviously you have confidence coming in, but it's driven around the attention you're getting from men already for doing porn because you're getting used for your body at that point. Um, but when you're on set, like you don't really think about that. Like I didn't, I felt vulnerable obviously, but I was comfortable with most of the guys that I worked with. Cause I had worked with them before, or I was, I'm used to seeing the same guys on set, like the same sound guy, like we're cool, like that kind of stuff. So it's not really, you're not really that vulnerable. Maybe like when you first get in and you're getting your feet wet and you don't know everyone, but after you're in it for a little bit and you get to meet everyone, there's that vulnerability kind of goes away. And it's like, Oh, everyone's there for a paycheck. Let's get this shit. Let's get going. You know, Talk, talk afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what it that's what it becomes. Like they say, it becomes a job. As, as far as just the sex in general, I guess. What's your your favorite act? What's the one, the position, act, something or whatever that is your favorite kind of must have when it comes to sex? Low jobs. <laughs> I love fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I, want you, I want you to explain, to explain that because as a guy. It, this, this is going to sound real stupid. Like, I love eating pussy. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. I, I love it. And I, it's kind of like the thing of, you know, make just having, making her come and, and having that control over her and, you know, just knowing that you could do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great fucking feeling, you know, to, to do that. So I, I always like, I know in my head that's why I like to eat pussy. But then when you hear girls say, I love to suck dick. I love it. I, my, the first thing that goes in my head is, why do you like to like what do you get out of sucking dick you know but it's so what do you get out of eating pussy it's the same thing um it's the same thing to me okay this is going back to like the whole porn non-porn separation men outside of porn women okay outside of porn and i i never want to come off as like misogynistic or anything when I say what I say, but like women outside of porn don't really suck dick. And if they do, they don't do it that well because it's, it's looked at as a chore outside of porn. And even in porn, there's, I'm right. sure there's some girls that do porn that hate sucking dick. It's a chore. And same thing for men. Sometimes eating pussy is a fucking chore. They just hate it. They're uncomfortable with it. And that's fine. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but to me, I enjoy doing it because so many other women don't that getting that reaction out of men when they actually get a good blowjob is so satisfactory for me. And like having that control and being able to give someone that pleasure, like, cause most of the time in sex, like men do a lot of the work. So for men to just be able to sit back and enjoy having their shit pleasured for once, like just the only thing they can focus on is just getting head is, I don't know. It's, it's a good balance for me. I, re- I really enjoy it. I do. I do. Yeah, like that, that, uh, that cock worship thing or whatever. I think I saw, yeah. I think I saw a video you posted on Twitter that said something about worshiping a cock or something. Or, or oh, something of course. Like yeah. But you know what? I, I don't know. I, now I'm outside the industry. Okay. But I've never met, had a problem with girls giving blowjobs. I, 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 I assume most girls do, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if I just got lucky or whatever, but I can't think of one girl that I've ever been with that was like, I'm, I don't do that. So, I mean, Nick, what are you doing? Really? <laughs> swear to God. Uh, like, I, 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 I do not relate to this conversation. 
right, yeah, because Nick, I mean, <laughs> fucking Seven Eleven uh, gas attendants blowing him while he's. But I, I'll tell you, she's on to something, and uh, Michelle is very um, articulate and astute when it comes to her analysis of not only the industry but uh, the sex that's going on in the industry and her uh, comparison and contrast to. Uh, outside the industry sex. She thinks a lot of the same things I do. And I mean, my perspective was always this. I have to spend somewhere between two and 12 hours in close proximity with this person. Some people you don't know, some people you have lifelong relationships with. But in any of that case, it's like my whole thought was I want this to be memorable for her, me, and the viewer. And I kind of formulated my, I guess, uh, method, which was go down on a chick after the kissing and the, everything, the, the intimacy part of it, go down on her, get her off as much as possible um, then give her the break, let her s- gather herself and suck your dick. And basically to me, the better she sucked my dick because, uh, the better she was going to get railed because <laughs> really that period, that, that, point, period. that point of the scene is basically you're turning my cock into a fucking icicle. And now it's like a fucking weapon and I'm just going to. Fuck you up with it. <laughs> absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and to me, I always say this: the hottest part of the scene for me was when I'm fucking that chick, and she's looking at me like she can't believe what's happening to her. <laughs> right? And that was always what kept me interested, given the high volume of sex that I have. Nick, I gotta tell you something. Nick, Nick finds a way in every episode to incorporate what he just said. His favorite part about he said it in every episode. His favorite part about sex is when he's fucking a chicken. She can't believe what's happening to her. Yeah, <laughs> everybody has that, their though. fetish, right? You said you love that, uh, Michelle. My literally, I just had this conversation with my man last night. I was like, "What is it for you?" Because like, he is always so turned on like he'll come home from work his dick will be soft because he has a big one and i know he wears tight pants as soon as like i'll know when he's hard so he'll come home he'll be walking up to the door as soon as his hands touch one part of my body i can like run my hand down his body and i can feel his fucking cock throbbing through his right, pants right. and i'm like what is it like when you touch me or whatever that like you're just ready to fucking go and he goes honestly like i think about fucking you and he said and how like you just lay there and fucking take it and like for that how long of an interaction we have, like the, the facial expressions, like just all of it. So like, that's, that's a thing for men. And to, like to hear it from like men's aspect, it's like, it's hot. That, well, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm trying to like think about that because he's hard with you. And I wonder if like another girl just rubs his hand, if he gets hard too. And I probably doesn't. And I'll tell you why. Cause that's been always been my thing. It's like, I, I could go get a lap dance from a chick, all right? You know, whatever. I don't get hard. 
in all reality, you and I could be sitting here talking and you could rub on me, Michelle. I'm being honest, whatever. And I'd be like, we're goofing around. I'm, I wouldn't get hard or whatever. But my girlfriend touches me or whatever. And I'm rocked fucking hard right off the bat. And you know what I think that means? It means that, well, she's going to let me fuck her. <laughs> I'm not going to waste a heart. I'm not going to waste a heart on, on a chick. And I'm not going to fuck her. That's your Don't waste the heart on. Don't waste the heart on a chick you're not going to fuck. Like, I, I've, I always felt that lap dances, <laughs> I swear to God, though, I always felt that lap dances were so fucking stupid. I'm like, what, I'm hard, and then what? And then what? This is foreplay. This is stupid or whatever. So I, could, I, I never got hard or whatever because it was, I knew I wasn't going to fuck her. Now, if you told me that we're gonna fuck, and I already knew we were gonna fuck, <laughs> and then you told me, then I get hard because I'd be like, all right, now I know I'm gonna fuck. So I guess it's, I, like it's I, a I, mental I, thing. It's a mental thing. It absolutely is. I've had a million girls who are hot as fuck. You know, you could tell when somebody's placating or having fun or whatever. And it's like, hey, I, I'm not gonna waste my heart out on you. It's not gonna happen. But if I know I'm gonna fuck you. Like Nick said, I'll be a fucking icicle, man. <laughs> I mean, a- absolutely. So I, and that's my mentality. I just, I don't know if that's your dude's mentality or not, but you know, I, I got to assume that that plays a part in it because you said you guys do have a obvious you're together, so you do have a, an actual connection with somebody. You know what I mean? But I mean, going back to the sucking dick thing, I, I don't know. My dick's been in a lot of mouths, and uh, it, it, I've never had a problem. <laughs> 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 That would blow me. I mean, I was never. My dick's been in a lot of balls. <laughs> it has. I got to be honest. I'm, I'm, a, I'm shocked that my penis has been in so many mouths. Like, I, I'm, like, <laughs> you think I'm proud. But, you know, sometimes I'll walk, you know, go to the store or whatever. And it's like, you know, you'll see a chick that, you know, you, you banged. And she's like with her new boyfriend or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, you had my dick in your mouth. I remember that. Because I, I mean, I fucked a lot that, of shit. That's the difference between me and Mo. He's shocked, <laughs> and I'm expecting. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm in half the United States, so I'm not on your level, Nick. But, I, you know, for, for an average-looking dude with a little bit of talent, I did all right. I, I, you know, I, I think. <laughs> so it's just funny to me how I can't comprehend. And, and then my thing, too, is, like, you talk about – you're absolutely right when you say blowing a guy and uh, – just, you know, he's just sitting back and relaxing it. I have such a tough time. Nick and I talked about this. I have such a tough time sitting back and just relaxing and enjoying a blowjob or enjoying anything because then I feel lazy. Like I should be doing something or whatever. Like, what do you get? You're just cheating yourself. Let's be real. You're just cheating yourself. I agree. I, I, dude, I'm so fucking Dude, mad. you like, need to think about it this way. You'll get to it. Don't yeah, we? I, we had an episode where we talked about like how we think alike because we don't like to be rushed during sex. Like what? I block off time in my life when that's when I don't want to be disturbed. <laughs> it's like I have a four-hour fucking block. Exactly. Yeah, like I'm I'm not letting anybody call me, bother me. I don't want to think about stuff. Like that's my time with my chick, right? And right. like. And so I just always look at it like, so what's the problem if you're laying there for a fucking hour? You'll get to it eventually. What's your rush? Right. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I know. I just, it's just one of those things where I, I start to think like, like I said, I, I start to feel lazy, like I should be doing something and just to sit back. I, now, when, I, I think we talked about this when I'm stoned. 
I, I'm better at doing that. I could just sit back and just relax and whatever. But if I'm not stoned, I have a rough time doing that. Like, I, I, I feel like I should be doing something, like I'm being lazy. Um, so I, I, well, if I, you're I, getting a good blowjob, if you have any time to think about anything other than not busting, then you're probably not getting that good of a blowjob, to be honest. Well, we've talked about this you shouldn't before. be able to think thoughts, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I had a, um, a, 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 I talked about this, a botched circumcision. Okay, and I had to do research on this because it it, it, it hurt my nerve endings on my penis. So, oh my god! So and it, this happens to a lot of guys who get circumcised, and the reason I figured this out was chicks would blow me, and like you know I wasn't getting a lot of blowjobs when I was seventeen or eighteen or you know whatever it, was, it would happen every once in a while kind of thing, and when it did, it would take forever for me to come. All right. And then me fucking, it would take a long time for me to come. And I, I, I started to research it and, you know, read stats on the air and talk to people. And they're like, I'm like, you know, if the average like time for sex before the guy comes for, for an average for a guy is like eight, six to eight minutes or whatever, you know, something like that, which was shocking me. I could fuck forever. And then I have to concentrate to come like really concentrate. Like for you, for example, Michelle, I would stare at your breast for a while while I'm having sex with you. And then eventually I would fixate on them and I would come. So, uh, I, I researched it, and it said to. <laughs> I, I can't. I look at Nick's face, and he's just fucking giggling. <laughs> he sees me. I feel like a fool. You get his reaction. Fixate. I love the way he puts it. Right. I would fixate that, and then I would fucking come amazingly. But I'd be able to bang you for a long time beforehand. And then I was doing research. And it said two out of like every 10 guys or whatever suffer from a botched circumcision, which fucked with my nerve endings. And I realized that. So I, it, it is not easy for me to, to, to achieve orgasm at all. And from a blowjob, good luck. And, by, and I've had blowjobs from porn stars and like people who really knew what the fuck they were doing. And it, if it does happen, it takes a very long time. You know, so I think that's why then I get the paranoia of when a chick's blowing me like, because then the chick feels like she's not doing her fucking job right because I'm not coming. And I've had many girls say, like, I, guys come in two minutes with me. What's wrong with you? So they think there's something wrong and, and whatever with them. So I start to really think about that and get paranoid and all this other, you know, fucking shit that comes along with that. You know, so I think that's probably has to do with my, you know, my mentality when I'm getting a blowjob. I'm more paranoid and thinking about coming than anything else and actually enjoying it. You know, mm -hmm. which, which is it's a bad situation. I don't like it, Michelle. I, I wish I almost wish that I was a minute, man. And I just came like crazy all the time and life would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be a great, it'd be a great thing. It'd be a great thing. Next, next thing's otherwise. Yeah. Um, so going back to um, like you were talking about giving a blowjob and girls don't you know get blowjobs. You're talking about how did you? I have I have a theory on this. How did you learn about sex? What taught you about sex? Now I'm not talking about sixth grade. This and this like taught you how to do it. How to like. I will admit right now, the first, the person who I can credit with teaching me how to suck a wiener is Tori Black. Oh, I remember Tori going Black. on Pornhub. Tori and Black. I remember the specific video. She's dark hair, like real tan. She's wearing this tight purple fucking top. And she's like all like sensual, like rubbing all over his cock through his jeans. And then she like takes his jeans off and his boxers are there. And she's like licking his like hard cock over the boxers. And she just slowly pulls it out. 
and like slowly like takes her tongue up underneath it and it's just like that whole fucking video i was so enticed like this girl's like taking her time and like he you can hear like men breathing in the camera like he's fucking loving it and i like remember watching that and i'm like okay well like the next time i get a clock near my face i'm gonna try it and like it became a thing and like when i was doing it the same way that she was like using incorporating the hand and the mouth like all of the things and like just focusing on sucking the dick body language is a big thing for me like when i'm sucking dick body language like if i'm doing a certain thing and i can feel your toes curling or your legs tightening up or like your breathing change that's when i know that what i'm doing you're enjoying so i'm going to keep fucking hitting at that and like getting a feel for like what you want from me and it just it was an easy thing for me and like every person i slept with i'm like i'm gonna suck dick and like try like a theory and following like the body language thing I would get a lot of men to finish with just a blowjob. And I've, I've heard hundreds of times, whether it's just for flattery or what, but like men saying like, I've never come from head until you've sucked my dick. Like even my own man has said the same thing. And I'm not saying that for any reason, my man is not attractive because you can see on my Twitter, he's built, he's fucking sexy, like slept with probably 300 and some girls prior to me. And he has said like, I've never come from head until you. Cause I actually made him lay back and enjoy what I was fucking doing, feeling his body language, knowing what he fucking likes. And now every time I suck his dick, he comes every single fucking time. I'll be back. I, I, don't know I gotta you... get a plug. <laughs> no. I thought you were going to say you're going to chat pop. I'm like, if she's talking, I'm start <laughs> masturbating. I thought that's what I was like. I'm going to go check up. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I'm hard. I mean, so <laughs> that, that plays to Ethereum of mine that I, I was talking to somebody about, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm a, I'm a little older, right? I'm 40 years old. So I remember when I was 17, 18, feel 20 or whatever, fucking girls and getting a blowjob and whatever. And it was, ah! it was what, what happened to you, Nick? You all right, buddy? <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Every week. <laughs> Do I ever have enough juice? There's a shot of his penis, Michelle. Yeah. Shot of his. He did that on purpose, I'm sure. There it is. Look at that. There's penis, everybody. Hey, it's Nick's penis. <laughs> so, I noticed that it was, you know, whatever for back then. And then, as I was, I was getting a little older. I'm back. Still fucking right here. I was still around with 20 year old girls or whatever. I noticed that they're. Like you're saying, their dick sucking was insane. They're deep throat and they're using their hand. They're going whatever. And I, I said, girls now, I asked her, I said, how did you, like, what is your thing with this? And we learn from porn. So I think a lot of girls like you or whatever, you learn it from porn. I mean, why not go to the pros, right? That's where you learn about sex. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I would think. In the, I think um, that's a huge thing on in like porn because my biggest thing is like porn is not sex education but in a way like it almost kind of needs to be and i think it's not talked about enough that there needs to be some type of disclosure in the beginning of porn videos like consent was received from both parties before filming the scene please always talk to your partner about certain things because and young naive minds whether male or female when you're watching porn young and you're getting into the sexual curiosity age where you start doing these things, if your brain is wired from porn, you're going to think like 
slapping a girl across the face is okay because I saw it on porn and she liked it or shoving my cock all the way down her throat is cool because I saw it on porn and she likes it. But that's not a thing like universally. So I think that's, it's almost a dangerous line. Like I was okay enough to like, when I was like starting to watch porn, like I kind of made that disconnect in my head that like, obviously not everyone's going to like the same things, but I don't know. I think a lot of people miss that and you are using porn as sex education instead of just using it as like a tool to learn certain things, but you still have to have that conversation with your partner before doing certain acts with everyone that you're with. Right. And, and what I, what, what I find <laughs> funny is I, I've never requested that kind of stuff, but it's all, it's the girl who requested it. It's the girl who says she likes to be called a whore or my filthy lot or whatever. He likes to get choked or slapped a little bit or f- face fucked or whatever. I, I let, I mean, let me let the woman bring that up. I don't just go ahead and do that, but I'm, I'm amazed at how many women are now really fucking into that. Like girls will say, choke me when you're fucking me, Whoa. slap me, smack, call me a whore and shit like that. Go ahead, Nick. And it's just like, we talked about the chapter in my book. There's, where the fans contact me and they'll be telling me how like these hockey players at some college, they have puck bunnies and they all bring them back to their dorm room. And there's like six or seven couples paired off. And they're just like basically doing their best Nick Manning impression and talking all kind of shit and like yelling, dropping loads. It's like, and you guys really do this? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. There's a huge disconnect. Yeah. It's it's just, I mean, I suppose when I was a kid, I might've got influenced by that too. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I I don't know. Like like I said, I don't know from a girl's standpoint of it, but through a guy, I, I mean, I told you like we were banging girls and we were, you know, say half the time they didn't know what the fuck we were probably talking about, but we'd be like dropping fucking loads or take your fucking like we would talk up. We would sit there and tell stories about saying the shit that you said. Like, dude, I told this chick to call herself a hooker and she did. Like, Listen, <laughs> I have fucked 26 year old men that are still and nothing against you, Nick, but have uh, still bring that like brought that up and like thought it was like the most hilarious thing. Like you're 26 years old. You're not 18. You know what I mean? Like you're not a young guy. Like you're almost you're pushing 30 and you're still like laughing about things and porn like and it's funny and it's impressionable but like really like that just it comes off to me as more of like a porn related thing because it's entertainment and like a young unknowledgeable man like having sex like just doing what he sees in porn and like thinking it's funny so he can like tell the bros later like yeah i fucking came on this girl's face and said dropping loads like eh. (laughs) you know (laughs) there's a guy there's a guy who produced a biopic about me his name is the reverend dan lee strickland and he calls himself the self-proclaimed nick manning expert and he in the biopic, which is all kinds of things about my career and life and stuff, he actually does like an interview of himself. And he says, he tells a story about how he just goes around quoting me and saying, should I say to the point that he actually brought his girlfriend to tears. And she's like, when are you going to get over the Nick Manny 
in quotes. And he's like, but I don't think there is any getting over it. So I'm picturing this guy at like 70 years old still doing it. Right? Nick, my dad's 68 years old and he we fuck around your shit sometimes. Just fucking around, talking, whatever. Like, pick your fucking, call yourself a hooker. Just fucking use it. We fucking do that shit, dude. You know my dad. I mean, I, I don't think you really ever grow up. I mean, you're a fucking guy. You do your shit and fuck around and whatever. What does it matter? You know? I mean, I, I don't fucking... I mean, I, listen, I'm sure it's annoying to a woman. You're just banging some random chick and you just start, face fuck, face fuck. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean... But, hey, listen, sometimes if you're... It, listen, but before I started the podcast with Nick, I was doing a podcast it was called Fucking is Fun. And... Because fucking is fun. And I like doing that shit. Sometimes you have sensual sex. Sometimes you have sex where you're fucking around pretending like you're in a porn. Sometimes you're doing whatever. That's that's my mentality of sex. I, I enjoy the, it's fun. I enjoy the act of it. Whether you bust or not or whatever, it's fucking great. It's a great time, you know? So why not have a good, that's my mentality. But but also there's a there's a time and a place to know, <laughs> know who you're fucking and where you're fucking and the kind of sex that they want to have. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's the fucking way I like. Please pull out the survey before oh. we bang, so we know what we're doing. Dude, the first time a girl asked me to fucking choke her, oh. listen, I got. There, I mean, I don't. I didn't witness these things. I say I didn't witness these things, but there's stories in the business where guys would start saying the shit I said, and then they say dropping loads. And the producers and directors would be like, dude, you got to knock that off. You're not Nick Manning. Like, it's stupid when right. you're doing it. Right? And like, one guy stupid when you did. to Brazil. And what's that? She goes, she goes, you, they said it's stupid when you do it. It's like anybody else, when, it, when it's the Fonz, anybody else could go, hey, and it's whatever. But the, it's when the Fonz says it, that it's fucking oh. cool. The only time dropping loads is cool is when you fucking well, say it. Well, one guy, <laughs> yeah. one guy from, one guy from LA got flown to Brazil and he was supposed to be there two weeks shooting, and they told him like several times to stop, and he refused to stop saying dropping loads until they fired him and sent him home. Oh, right. it's, it's like, like, everybody wants to be the king, man. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wants to be the king, dude. All right, listen, we got to end this in a minute, but I did have one question I want to ask Michelle because we're, I, I kind of got off topic and it's, it's something that turns me on, I guess. But you uh, b being bisexual or whatever, like at what point did you do you realize you're bisexual and, and now you say you don't mess around with other girls? So do you, you kind of miss it? And then what's your favorite part, I guess, about sex with a woman? I, you know, I, I guess kind of thing like the first time you had sex with a girl or you're in high school, like kind of. Take us through that, like when you realize that you're into chicks too. I was 14 or 15, like summer before my freshman year, I believe. Because um, I, was, I was always attracted to girls, like the same type of attraction I had for men, like, oh, he's hot. Like I felt that about girls too. So that's when I kind of knew that like I liked both. Um, and then I had like a couple of the sexual encounters where I like made out with a girl and like, we kind of like touched each other, nothing like actual, like sexual penetration or anything, but like touching boobs and like rubbing on each other type of thing. And I'm like, okay, like, doesn't make me feel weird. Kind of like it. Um, I absolutely do miss it because they're, 
having sex with a guy and having sex with a girl is like two different types of sex because women obviously have your same parts so they know their way around better um and it's more sensual with women than it is men but there is a connection with men that you don't get with women because obviously like a man having an appendage that's attached to him being inside you creates a more intimate connection than like a woman a woman with uh per se like a strap on or fingers like they're not actually feeling like a sensation that a man would feel so there is like that slight disconnect but i enjoy it either way but i just know even though being bisexual like deep down like i know i have to be with a man like i will i will marry a man like i will be with a man like i don't think i could ever fully commit to being with a woman and be fully sexually satisfied if that makes sense now as far as you said your favorite thing is to give a blowjob do you like to uh, eat pussy like is that one of your favorite things too Oh yeah, absolutely. I I definitely enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> we have something in common, Michelle. We both love to eat pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just goes back to like, so, like I said, like I have the same parts, so it's easier for me to give head to a woman because I know where the clit is and like what feels good and what doesn't, you know. And men typically don't know that because they don't have the same sensation down there, clearly. But yeah. Was there a certain uh, actor? If I, if I was a chick. Go ahead. I was gonna say, if I was a chick, I'd be gay because guys are gross. I'm the least gross guy, and I'm still gross. <laughs> right? <laughs> I say that all the time. Men are fucking disgusting. Men are gross, but I like it. I like gross men. Like my yeah, boyfriend will come home with sweaty fucking pits, and I'm like, gross. put your sweaty balls and your sweaty armpits all over my face. Like I fucking love it. <laughs> I don't know why men are gross, but I love it. <laughs> Good for you, Michelle. Good for you. <laughs> Clap. Damn, I, I can't stop. You know, I, listen, I'm on cloud nine. I'm sitting here looking at her with a, a beautiful girl, cleavage, the whole fucking nine, man. And I still can't get over the fact that she listened to me on the radio. Did you ever pleasure yourself with my voice? <laughs> no. A lot of girls, a lot of girls, you couldn't even lie and say, yeah, of course I did. I banged myself silly thinking of you. But no, I like uh, girls. What I, was <laughs> I don't lie. But her and mom were driving in the car. <laughs> her and her mom were driving in the car listening to you with their vibrators. Wait, exactly. Literally. <laughs> no, but I, I, dude, I would hear like a lot of times my show was played in um, tanning salons. And girls would call and tell me that they masturbated tanning uh, to my voice. And I found that very <laughs> odd. I that was oh my God. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, dude. So I mean, listen, you, you, I mean, you go, you go tanning. I mean, you, you're very like, you're like complexion, Michelle. But you, you go tanning sometimes, or you have, right? I haven't years now. No, no I, girls masturbate in the in the tan in the tanning booths. I hear that from a lot of girls that that's what they do. They, why not? I would masturbate. Okay, too I'd be way too afraid of tan lines for all that. No way. <laughs> dude, tan lines are hot up top. I like that on the bottom there, whatever, but I like fucking nice. I don't know what it is. All right. You know what I, I, what I've said about tits when it comes to that, I like tan lines because it's almost like the sun isn't even uh, like privileged enough to see your tits, but I am kind of thing. So I, I fucking love tan lines on the tits. Oh, <laughs> a, I love, I love tan lines on the titties. I absolutely do. <laughs> they look wonderful on you, Michelle. Thank you. I made them myself. <laughs> you did. You did. Just, like, are you glad you got big tits? Like, when they started growing, were you pissed off? Were you whatever with it? Like, 
Oh, I was definitely mad. Because I remember having the talk. Like My mom was like, you have to start wearing a bra now. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, none of my friends have to fucking wear bras. I don't want to fucking wear a bra. And then, like, the negative attention that came with it at first, like, trying to play sports and your tits are hitting you in the face, like, it's annoying. But then, like, once you get older and you realize you can use them as weapons, both physically and to get what you want, like, fuck yeah, I love having tits. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Right? You know what's funny, too, is, uh, like, like I, I love tits. Absolutely. And I, I don't know why men do They just love tits. But even like uh, smacking my dick against tits and just shit like that or whatever, it, it kind of gives me a, like, it feels hot or whatever. But I got to assume for a girl, it, it's got to be kind of fucking stupid, isn't it? Some dude's just beating his dick <laughs> against your t- Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pointless, but like, it's hot. Like having a fucking cock on your tits is hot, but like, I don't feel any like different about it it's not like you slapping it against my clit you know it's, it's a different right. different feeling yeah i just always feel like and then it, like titty fucking or whatever like i like doing it i feel, I feel stupid doing it I, I like i enjoy it but i'm like this is just she's got to feel like this is just stupid you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, I i don't know it's just gonna fuck the fucked up shit that i think about like i'm watching this chick and my dick's going between her tits and i'm like I'm enjoying it, but I'm like, she's got to think this is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. It's like, it's fucking <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, it fucking is amazing. Man. See, my dick tits is on. Like, but that's what it is. It's got big tits. It's like the first thing a guy says is like, I just want to come all over your tits. Right. Right. I mean, you had to hear that for, since day one with your big tits, I assume. Right. And yeah, so, I mean, God. Do you let a guy do that right off the bat or did you, is that something you had to work into or? I never mind minded it because I don't like, I'm not like cum phobic. Like there's people who are like, Oh my God, I don't want to touch him. Like, I don't care. Uh-huh. Um, I like you that. Cum phobic. There's like cum phobia. Like girls are like, don't come on my face. Don't come in my mouth. It's gross. Like they're just weird about it. Dude, I was banging a chick. It was the first time I ever banged this chick. And, uh, I was I was fucking her and I pulled out or whatever and I you know shot it out her fucking stomach or whatever and, you, and as I was getting ready to shoot it out her stomach, you know, she's like, oh no, did she knew what I was gonna fucking do? And she got so fucking grossed out by it. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do with it? I I, I, I gotta shoot it. I mean, shoot it in my hand. I don't know. I wasn't gonna come inside of me. Shot it on your belly. What's the big fucking deal? So I'm saying even before porn. Were you into come like on your face? Like, did you request that? Because you said you learned blowjobs kind of from porn. So, did you ever request a guy like, "Hey, I want you to come on my face or come on my tits"? Or are you vocal when you have sex in real life even before the porn thing? Like, were you like that or no? Mm, yes and no. It kind of depends on like if it was a one night stand or like someone that I'd frequently been sleeping with prior to porn. Um, because obviously, like, with a one-night stand, it's, like, a little awkward. Like, you have to have that little conversation. Like, oh, where are you going to come? Huh? Like, don't come inside me kind of thing. But, um, like, after doing porn, I'm very vocal now. Because, like, now I know, like, the power that I have with my words. Uh, so, <laughs> it all depends. Awesome, man. All right. Well, listen, very good. I appreciate you coming on again. Uh, Michelle James, again, uh, your your Twitter is Michelle James. And then what's the... Kind of give your Twitter. It's Michelle James MV. 
yeah, like for many vids. Because when I first started porn, I was using many vids first. So Michelle James MV. So the, the first time you masturbate in front of your phone, and you're gonna put it on many vids. All right, like what are you? What's going through your head when you're doing it? Is it a turn on that you're about to do this? Like, kind of take me through that. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Like, you're, I mean, I don't know. It'd be like me. I can't imagine sitting on my chair, setting up my phone, and pulling down my pants. Well, you're a man for one. You know, me doing that, it's like I, I feel weird about it. I mean, obviously you were comfortable with it, but like, what was kind of going through your head the first time you do that? Um, how much money am I going to make from this? <laughs> That's probably the first thought. Um, and then like once it got to a point where I was getting the feedback from it, it kind of became like an ego thing. Like, oh, I'm hot and I know it. So why not just like show it off and like get the, because better feedback comes more money. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And that, that had to be a great feeling for you, just talking about your, your going through school or whatever, and then becoming a, a sex symbol. Let's be honest, you're, you're, a, you're a sex symbol. I mean, you, you, you were. And, and again, for not being in the industry or whatever, you're still a very, very big name. There's there obviously something about you, an appeal. And uh, I mean, I could see it. I mean, I'm sitting here staring at you right now. It's like, oh, fucking A, dude. I mean, you're hotter in person than whatever. I mean, this is just on a computer. <laughs> see you in person i don't know what I mean, you're, i'm even hotter in person oh, i know i that's unfair but i am <laughs> you've got to break, break up with your boyfriend for that one day so we could do that shoot and make your fantasy oh, i'll run it by him and see how he feels but <laughs> listen everybody's got a bucket list i assume at one point it's like I mean, i'd like to fuck this dj guy i don't know at some point maybe i was i was on the bucket list <laughs> <laughs> no radio show guy bucket list <laughs> Oh God, I would do terrible things to her. Have you, <laughs> have you ever seen Nick's movies? Have you ever watched one? No, but I'm probably going to after we get off here. <laughs> here here's what I want you to do. Okay. We'll have you on maybe in, um, and if you don't mind coming back on maybe in a month or a month, two months or something like that. All right. But I want you to watch a couple of Nick Manning scenes and then I want to give your assessment. You give your assessment on Nick's uh, his, his, his fucking ability because I, it's, it is amazing. I'm going to tell you, it absolutely is. Are so. you speaking from personal experience or? <laughs> I mean, I, I've been at his house when he's doing scenes and I watch what happens and it's uh, he, the, the man goes fucking crazy, but be ready. Cause he's going to tell you, you know, you're going to call yourself a hooker. Take your fucking, <gasps> what Nick likes to do is he likes to tell you what he's doing, what he's doing. You're like, he's say it, say it, call yourself a hooker. <laughs> or like he'll be banging a chick and then like he likes to talk about what he's doing so he'll take his finger and he'll shove it in her ass his thumb and then he'll go thumb in your ass <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he, he kind of it's kind of commentary with you know what he's doing and he's like oh the, the you know what the funniest scene with him was when i was at his house he's fucking charlie chase and he's banging the fucking shit out. i mean it's it's crazy you know and his dick falls out, and all Nick does is he goes in, in, <laughs> like that. And I gotta tell you, for two years straight, in my area, I had everybody yelling in, in, <laughs> all doing it because <laughs> that's what Nick's it's fucking hilarious. In, in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh my like God. Communication between me and my coworker, Charlie just like takes my cock and sticks it back in. Like, uh, yeah. in. 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 Oh, it's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man. Uh, uh, Michelle James, of course, follow her. Nick Manning is everywhere. Real Nick Manning on Twitter and then Fan Central, OnlyFans, Medivids, and uh, Just for Dot Fans as well. You could follow. Um, me as, as well as uh, it's at dropping loads mm on Twitter. Email us dropping loads uh, with Manning and Mo at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Spotify and all that other good shit or whatever. And Michelle, thank you very much. For thank you. Out. We appreciate it. And the next time I'm in Pittsburgh at the body shop, you got to come out and hang out with me, right? Absolutely. Just talk and meet you in person. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Nick, you rock, brother. You're awesome. Hi, Mo. thank you. Uh, I got to go to the post office. We sold a book, Mo. Oh, did you? Hey, look at that. Sold another book. If you want to get yeah, a book somebody- from Nick Banning, uh, you can either direct message him, direct message me, and we'll send you a book, signed copy of uh, Nick's book, Dropping Loads. Right? There Very you good. Go. All right, Michelle. Thank Michelle. you. Blow me a kiss over there. Can you just blow hey, me a Michelle. kiss? Just, oh, oh. Nick, I would do terrible things to her. <laughs> look, at those, oh, Jesus, look at that boobs. You know, we're on Periscope. You're allowed to flash. I'm just saying. You're allowed to. <laughs> no. I can, I can do that, too. You're allowed to. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, you see? <laughs> oh, you can just shake. I just watched it. Just, I can, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see number. you guys later. Good show. Thanks. All right. Later, dude. Bye. Bye. Bye, Michelle. Talk to you later. Oh, good God. Bye.